Welcome to Eat and Save Podcast, the podcast where we interview those who dominate the hospitality industry. From restaurants to hotels to events and experiences, well, we're curious about all of it. We want to know what makes the industry experts tick and how they got started. Join us as we learn the tips, tricks, and dirty little secrets about what it means to start and dominate the industry that everyone wants to be a part of. Welcome to Eat and Stay Podcast. All right, everyone, welcome back to Eat and Stay Podcast. Today we have somewhat of a different episode for you. Uh, In the past few episodes, we've been talking to restaurant owners and hotel owners. Today, we're going to be talking to someone who has more of an experience in the hospitality industry. We're going to be speaking with Eon Barrowies, who is the founder and owner of Escape Hotel in Hollywood. Now, before you say, you know, this is a hotel, you said it was going to be a different experience. Well, it is a different experience because Escape Hotel is not actually a hotel at all. It's an escape room that's themed like a hotel. I thought it would be fun to speak with uh, Escape Hotel to kind of get a little more insight into how they got started, where the idea came from, what they've been able to do in the time since they've been open, and what's next. So without further ado, please welcome Eon Barrowese. All right, everyone, welcome back to Eat and Stay podcast. Today we have Eon Barrowies on with us. Eon, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you very much for, uh, for having us here. Yeah, so Eon is the founder, is one of the co-founders of Escape Hotel, which is based in Hollywood, California. Eon, why don't you give our listeners just a quick rundown of what Escape Hotel is if they've never heard about it before? Absolutely. So uh, Escape Hotel is, uh, in fact, the largest venue of escape rooms in the world. And we're located in Hollywood, California, in the city of Los Angeles. And we are in the Hollywood, uh, Hollywood Boulevard, which is uh, just a few blocks, just like two or three blocks uh, from the Dolby Theater, Hollywood and Highland, kind of like a very famous area. So basically uh, what we are, for those who don't know what escape rooms are, we are a entertainment venue um, in which uh, you can play any type of escape room uh, ranging from like all the way kind of horror theme to adventures and basically what it consists is we you can come on a group uh, either by you know couples or, or multiple groups of like six people ten people whatever it is depending on the room uh, you can you check into uh, our venue or hotel kind of looking like and then you choose an adventure and we put you in a room and you have a set amount of time. Uh, most of our games are one hour. So you have the set amount of time in which you have to solve a mission. So basically put you in a room, solve the mission. And the way you solve it is by cracking codes, finding puzzles, resolving them, riddles, all sort of crazy kind of cool tech oriented and also skill oriented stuff. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, definitely there's, you know, a ton of like different enthusiasts uh, and companies and people that really love it. You know? Great. So what makes you guys specifically different than all the other escape rooms out there? Uh, we're, uh, the core of the game itself, uh, there are similarities and, and, and of course we are escape rooms, so that's kind of the same. Um, but we, we difference ourselves in, in certain aspects. Obviously, the first and foremost kind of uh, apparent to the public is like our scene and where we are and how big the building is and kind of the whole decor. Uh, we're in Hollywood Boulevard. We are actually looking for walk-ins and looking for public to walk off of the boulevard and to experience this brand and this uh, kind of icon that, that we have there. So the idea that's that's kind of different. Uh, usually, escape rooms are more kind of like a uh, the business model they 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 promote or they like, uh, which makes sense for them. Um, it's it's the opposite. It's basically kind of a reservation only type of thing based on, on web store and online uh, online store uh, instead of what the model that we have, which we are kind of a walking public um, kind of venue. So that's that's different on one end, and then we also have 
big, big difference in the layout of the building, the way we operate, the type of departments we run, the amenities we offer. Um, and there's like a large, I mean, there's several, um, several numbers of differences uh, that you can find uh, between us and other competitors. But again, the escape room, the game, the core of the game, um, it's basically the same, uh, even though, you know, uh, some of our games also have, um, it's not you get locked in a room and you need to get out. We, we always just kind of thrive more for uh, mission-oriented games uh, because we think our background is in the storytelling. So we think it's much more compelling to actually have a story <laughs> in the game to follow instead of just your only kind of uh, um, um, reason to go out. It's just because you're locked, you know basically right how big is your facility so our facility uh it's it's large it's uh 15,000 square feet uh off of the boulevard so uh it's basically divided in two stories and, and a basement so it's it's large yeah it's it's definitely a much larger escape room than the common one uh usually um, and I know it doesn't come to the question, but like a lot of other escape rooms, what they do is kind of like one to four or one to five games in each location, and then they have multiple. Uh, so for us, it was really important to actually have a one venue location. Um, we can hold actually up to uh, 11 games once we open all games, uh, mainly up to 12, but for now it's 11. Right. And, and what guests and listeners of this podcast might not realize, I, I know you kind of touched on it, but I just want to drive it home again. This escape hotel, it, when you go and you walk in, you a lot of people feel like they're checking into a hotel, you know, and it's you get given your room assignment. Can you talk a little bit more about that experience? Yeah, that, that's right, actually. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, that's actually one of the biggest things we have in fact there's like a lot of people walking from the hollywood boulevard and what you see is this very kind of large uh, building uh back in the past it used to be a very famous kind of spot like a restaurant and like a lot of scene used of hollywood used to go out there now this is kind of this building has this kind of the facade has like big posters that look like from movies but they're actual our actual rooms right uh and then on the side it has like the big logo and you're like people wonder really like what is this so you walked in into this kind of like entrance, which is in the corner, it's a corner entrance, and you usually are greeted by like our staff, which are in full costume, kind of full character, and into this big kind of uh, 1930s lobby. So people really don't know, sometimes they're confused, they're like, is this a real hotel? Do we check in? Because of course, like our whole marketing and our whole vision for the place is that it actually looks like a 1930s, lost in time kind of Hollywood hotel. And the idea is that you come into this hotel, into this venue, to check into every single different universe, which is each game, basically. Um, so yeah, that's there's that's a whole process. I mean, there's uh, you know you can actually you know we have also a cafe. Uh, we're opening our our gift shop and uh, also a uh, we're implementing our food uh, menu now and on our bar. So there's like a lot of activities that are going to be uh, coming up in our venue. When when people check in or, you know, when they walk into Escape Hotel, are they do they have to choose one room or are they able to experience all the rooms in the same day? Um, schedule wise will be difficult because we have so many games that I don't actually think uh, from the time we open until we close, you are able to do all the games. Um, um, but yes, I mean, anyone who walks in, it can potentially buy any game that is available at that point. Um, so, I mean, we, we share an online and, and, and walking schedule. So if someone online has booked it, it won't be available for the walking person. But, but if there is availability, definitely, I mean, uh, uh, people can go and right away jump on a game, you know, next game, every game starts in ten, every 10 minutes, there's a game starting basically. So uh, customers can play up to as many games as they want or can handle. And they basically just, just uh, do that. And, and the, the process is simple. I mean, what you, you show up there, our, our staff is gonna be super happy to uh, meet you there, explain you what the venue is, who is who and what, and what do we do at Escape Hotel, what games do we have, what difficulty, they'll be very happy, they'll explain you. And then you can choose uh, depending on that. And, and once you purchase your tickets, uh, basically there's kind of a fast, kind of simple process, which is 
uh, we uh, make you a member of the hotel, kind of like a guest. Uh, so we initiate kind of like a check-in process, uh, which is proprietary, and we, we came up with it. And uh, basically, there's, there's really this cool actual kind of looking, uh, passport-looking uh, pamphlet that we give you, which actually is made out of the same exact materials as of our real passports. So it's really legit, and we were really picky with it. Uh, so we really love it because what it's it's basically kind of an adventure booklet and it's fully customizable It has your photo your info you, the games you played every page uh, Has a background of a game and depending on what game you do you receive the stamp for playing the room And then also if you completed the room you receive a secondary stamp as well So that's that's pretty cool and you know, we also do kind of like limited releases of our passports with like different things and promotions we do so it, it, it's it's pretty cool adventure uh just starting from the beginning from the moment you're checked in um all the way to playing the room and coming out you know so the idea is that a guest you know the first time they arrive they would receive this passport and then they would ideally hold on to it so that the next time they come check in and want to play a game they could get another stamp on their passport that's correct yeah so that's the whole idea in fact we have customers that uh, it becomes kind of like a collectible um because it's kind of it's it's a cool little thing to get all the stamps for every single room because the stamps are different and then you also need to have the actual kind of red winning stamp if you want so it does become um once you're checked in basically you are in the database so you, even if you lose your passport we can uh, always kind of uh, renew it or bring it back to you or whatever but ideally you will always bring back your same passport and you will kind of complete adventures on the booklet and um hopefully if you finish it all we'll get you kind of like a like a surprise <laughs> yeah have you had many people who finished everything in the passport so many there are, in fact there's uh, uh we have this list uh kind of internally of all the people that completed it because there's believe it or not there's so many people that have completed all the rooms available but there are still, uh, you will leave two rooms that have not yet opened from the uh, original conception or inception of the of the escape hotel. So still, uh, those ones have not been, you know. So no one has completed it all because we haven't finished uh, uh, showing the, the last game basically. So once that last game can kind of uh, opens up, then they will actually be able to read in. We'll we'll prep something very special for them. We'll we'll do probably some sort of. Uh, uh, of a really cool, unique gift, kind of escape hotel style for everyone that has completed it, you know. So yeah, for those who actually have the passport completely filled up, just come over, remind us, you know, once you, um, once you have completed it again. Yeah, that sounds great. I, uh, we'd love to get a photo of the the passports. That way, we can link to it in the in the show notes so people can see exactly, you know, how cool it looks. Absolutely. I mean, uh, we have, uh, yeah, I could send you definitely, definitely uh, several photos. And actually, if you go even like on, on, on reviews, like on Google and, and stuff like that, uh, you can definitely see, I mean, it's like a really classic photo uh, on our social media as well. You can see it. It's, it's basically our escape hotel passport with like the people or, or stuff like that, you know, so they, there's definitely um, a great um, um, icon or like, iconic kind of gift that we that customer feels very satisfied with it um because it, it is in fact very cool it, it's some sort of a little piece that you take home from your adventure you know so it's always going to remind you of oh hmm, that's that was cool you know that was escape hotel uh, we should go back or whatever you know um so definitely yeah that's that's uh that's something that's something there yeah, that that sounds like a great, uh, not only memento, but also a great way for you to kind of get the word out as well. You know, if people are showing other people their passport or if they have it displayed in their house, um, I could see how that would do really well. Absolutely. Actually, um, that was one of our uh, marketing uh, strategy, strategies that we actually uh, thought since, the, since very, very early on in the concept. And, and we wanted and we were sure about it that it was a great tool for us to to brand ourselves and brand who we are and, and this whole idea you know because it, it helped it helped a lot uh, honestly since because it's it's really tough once you open a venue and a place to make yourself um established you know and and slowly with time and with tools like the passport and and many other things like you know 
uh, games for studios, which we will, I'm sure we'll talk later about it. Um, we really have kind of um, established the brand and established, you know, kind of this icon in Hollywood. So people really know about it. Yeah. Great. So I want to change directions a little bit. I want to ask you about your history and your background prior to opening Escape Hotel. So before you opened, and I know you opened in July of 2016, what what had you been been up to? Um, so our so it's funny because uh, we're three uh, creators that we kind of got together and. Um, and, and get you know the, the escape hotel idea kind of put together uh, and our background it really is in storytelling we we three of us are are foreigners as you can tell I'm not I'm not from here <laughs> I'm not from the states I'm from Spain and and my other two partners um, are from uh, Hungary from Europe and then from Colombia so we all three of us met here in film school uh, we came here to study storytelling and um, we knew each other or we know each other from there. Um, so the way um, uh, kind of our background goes through that direction. So we, before opening Escape, uh, Escape Hotel, um, we used to own and we still own uh, a production company in which we developed and produced, you know, all sorts of marketing campaigns, advertisement. We produce uh, uh, TV shows and, and stuff like that. So that's, that's kind of the background that we came from and I come from. Uh, particularly, uh, I did tons of work as, as you know, uh, as a cinematographer and um, as a producer as well. So a lot of that was in the film industry. Um, um, kind of, I think the most notorious that was like has been in the film industry. And I'm produce, producing events and doing t- tons of things in the film uh, in the film industry stuff. So um, that's that's that was kind of the biggest um, the biggest thing. Um, I was doing before before escape. So, you guys opened a production company together. How did you decide that you wanted to open Escape Hotel? It's it's a long story. I mean, really, um, really, it's not, we decided that we wanted to do it only when it was really clear and apparent that this was an opportunity to to make something that it wasn't done before and it was an opportunity for us to do it and showcase our ability to actually pull together something like that uh because we you know we're very passionate and we all thought you know you, you when we're very visual basically so we really visualize really fast how this place will look like how this place will operate how this place like all these kind of things and we were really excited but really no one was <laughs> No one was um, seeing it the way we saw it, and no one wanted to also take the risk or the time or the energy, the money to, to actually do it. Um, so the project kind of uh, came uh, came in a time. It was it, w- it was something secondary. It really wasn't like anything major. We were working at the time um, on some projects for uh, Universal Music Spain, and we were actually working with Warner Brothers uh, Music as well for like a big DVD tour of like an artist and. We really were thinking, oh gosh, like finally our like our career is starting to get like some serious jobs, and this is gonna be great, blah blah blah. And then uh, a friend of uh, a high school friend from my partner Kitty from uh, Kitty from Hungary um, introduced us into the whole like escape room thing, and they were one of the very 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 first games that opened here uh, by this company from Hungary, and we experienced it. And and when that happened. Uh, we saw the tremendous potential that this could uh, actually have and the impact that this could have in the entertainment industry from from our perspective. And we saw this as a no-brainer. We saw it like, this has to be done. This this has to be done properly because someone else is going to do it. And if not, you know, this is not going to be treated as, as we see it. Um, so when that happened, we took it very serious and we pitched to the original people that introduced us uh, the concept, but they... You know, like many people, they just didn't listen to us. They didn't see it, or they thought that you know why they needed that. So we just got together, we elaborated on the idea, kept going, kept going, and finally we found ourselves like, God, we're like being for a week talking for maybe like six hours or eight hours a day about these. Um, should we just like put a business plan together and like just shop it around? 
so we were like yeah let's do it you know so we like put together we'll work it out call contacts um uh, at the time also we were really i don't know if to say lucky but we we had access to or we just had access to um the location that we we're in like a contact to get another contact to get the location we had because that location was vacant and we had the ri on on that place because we knew how important it was to be uh on a very famous place like at a really very like high traffic area and and it was very hard because it was it was very hidden there was no rep there was they didn't want to lease it out it was like it, it was a very permanent it it came from a very problematic uh operator um so people were very uh kind of afraid of who was going to jump in there so finally after uh, some time we we got a contact that could actually put us uh, in touch with the owners owners of the of the place and they were you know uh, available to to leads and you know we secure some sort of a deal to you know to actually warranty maybe some investment after and you know from there just things uh slowly started shaping and and materializing and you know um and we started the way to to have escape hotel being the, the kind of the first um our first main job you know our first main main focus so as far as the the next steps and in, in securing the lease a lot of people's barrier to entry in the hospitality industry is the financing um it's hard to get loans you know maybe they don't have enough capital maybe people like you said don't see the idea yet how did you guys handle the financing that was necessary to be able to even sign the lease yeah i mean it's that's such a great question i mean honestly we we struggle with that everyone struggles with it i think that's kind of the key of you know who can actually uh make it versus who has idea and if he believes on it so for us it was kind of a it was also a journey i mean it, it was it was a, a definitely a a a a difficult task but what we basically did is we took the approach kind of a little bit based on film uh we just came from so we, uh, the way we did it it was we came from uh, funding a TV pilot that we really, really, really believed on the idea. And we had very fresh, we had some money and some capital that we invested on that, that TV pilot. And, and we had a lot of contacts from within the industry to people that we could actually kind of ask and point us in the right direction. So something we really like is always ask, you know, ask everyone, you know, Hey, I have this thing. Can you point me in, like, can you point in the right direction or can, do you know anyone that can be potentially interested so when we had that business plan we kind of did our immediate group of contacts that we had at the time then we did kind of like second tier third tier so like we we kept spending um and we end up finally end up settling on there were a couple of people that were interested but uh, finally we end up settling with uh, investors from hungary that kitty uh knew um uh, from close proximity because we sent them the, the agreement and these people were very interested. Um, so at the time Kitty, um, you know, kind of like, uh, was in touch also with her family and stuff and, and, the, you know, her family also had some, some business at the time and they looked at the business plan actually. And they were like, wait, wait a second. This actually looks interesting. I was like, should we, should we send it to these other like people that are interested or should we maybe jump on it? And we told them like, listen, if you guys are interested, we'll need to discuss it the same way. We're going to need to like lay down a business plan and, and the numbers. And, you know, uh, we would like to have full, you know, full, we need full disclosure basically to everything we want to do and the way we see it, because if we're not going to have, uh, or be able to, to implement our vision, then we won't be interested on in it. So we began, uh, talks with, with uh, uh, relatives from Kitty's family, which is one of our, our business partners, as I said, uh, and then we uh, like two or three other kind of potential investors until finally uh, with kind of the options in the table, uh, we decided that, you know, we were gonna stick with with, uh, with kind of the, the, the better deal that we got. Um, and also the one that allowed us more uh, creativity and more like peace of mind. So that's how we secure kind of the first round. But um, one thing we didn't know, and I think it's also really important, is like we had a, 
we had, how can I say, like we, we, we didn't know what this project was going to finally end up costing, even though we were, were really good at budgeting and, and, and we had a lot of experience producing and we put like, you know, forecasts and all these things. But we're, you know, when you're just kind of pioneering a concept and you're trying to prove the concept, you're never gonna know exactly what's going to happen. And indeed that proved very right, kind of Murphy's Law showed up there at its full potential. And from like, I think we, we estimated like eight or nine months, it kind of turned into like 12 months of like, building and permitting and, and more money and the structural changes and requirement like crazy requirements from the city and also then investors then kind of like backed out and they didn't want like they, they didn't want to pull more money because they couldn't like they were uh, they were asking questions so then we we end up telling them like listen if, if if you don't want to be so invested capital wise don't worry we can find someone else so like we brought someone else as well so they could feel more comfortable um and then finally like everything slowly kind of got together. We went through, absolutely through like rough times, like everyone probably does. Um, and then we, after securing all that, um, we were uh, decided that the only thing we needed to do was just open, open, subaltern, try to prove the concept, try to prove the bare minimum skeleton that we need for this business to prove right. And then from there we can build a brand. So that's what we did basically, and and then we start making improvements to, to the idea. You know, we start uh, building uh, or building the brand towards our original vision. Is this something that you are still actively looking for investors, or did you raise your first round just to kind of get you guys started? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, we're not uh, acti- actively looking for investors right now, except, you know, for maybe potential future venues or future locations or perhaps uh, a potential future franchise. But like our location right now proved, uh, you know, um, we've we've done our, our due diligence and we've done a really good work and, and a lot of hard work. So like the business has proven successful and has proven um, good. So right now our Hollywood location is in really good health and, and um, we, which we actually still, funny enough, we still work uh, to put it as good as we envisioned on that early, early, early on meeting, you know? So it's, it's, it's crazy the amount of work that, you know, takes to put your idea and your concept to the hundred percent of how you envision it. Uh, I think people who have an idea and people who want ambition something you always kind of see the final product, like this is how it needs to be and this is how it's gonna work. And But boy, if it takes time to actually get to that point, it, it, pro- like, it takes way too long. Don't think that you're just gonna, that just first of all, that getting the money is gonna solve it. That second of all, like going through the process, getting you know through the bugs and getting through solving all those potential issues. Um, yeah, it takes a long time, but we're really happy with the results, definitely now. Yeah, it, fundraising is is often the the first step or figuring out how to secure finances. But like you mentioned, there's a lot of different work that that goes into it afterwards. Um, so I I want to touch on you know going back to the process where you guys had secured financing. Um, you identified that you had this building that you had had your eye on. Um, how when you were in the lease negotiations process, I know you had to get in touch with several different contacts to to even be able to get in touch with the owner. How did you go about the lease negotiation process? Did you end up signing a long lease? How What was that process like for you guys? That was also, I mean, uh, this is funny. Everything in this project was kind of like really, really uh, unique and tedious. So that, that was, that took just that lease negotiation took around six months. Uh, so it was really kind of back and forth. Uh, we knew we um, we had challenges and budget restrictions, and what we basically we approached it in the way of like, listen, this is our idea. It's completely new. We have, I mean, we have experience in other fields, but we need to prove this. This is our investment. This is what we have. This is what we want to do. No one has done it before. This place is vacant. No one wants or is going to allow having 
operators like the ones you had before, and I know you have no use for it because the place literally was abandoned. So we kind of pull, we pull a little bit hard on it. We try to like, you know, um, um, we try to sell our idea, honestly, because we were very passionate and talented and we wanted to, you know, like tell them, honestly, you know, I'm sure you guys are gonna, we ask about the landlord, I'm sure you guys are gonna be, you know, good landlords and we're gonna be really good tenants. We want this to happen, but we need the ability uh, for you to be flexible with us at the beginning. So we basically end up negotiating, um, which took very long because they, it was something, you know, it was like a negotiation that usually we didn't, um, they didn't do. It was a short term lease that we secure just to, to test our concept. Um, so they needed to run approvals through everything because it was a short term lease. We try to get like a better deal on the square footage and, and so forth and so on. And, you know, it took, it took a while, but you know, finally, I mean, as all negotiations go and you're trying to work together because it's their best interest to have us and it's our best interest to have the location. And we want to, we want to be in a situation in which is a win-win for everyone. So we basically end up saying kind of like really open book, like, listen, what are you looking? This is what we're looking for. Can we work it some way somehow? Because we want this place, um, you know, and, and, and move on, move on from there. Basically, you know, we had several key points that needed to be maintained few stones and those, those, uh, we were lucky enough to maintain them. Uh, our landlord was good enough to that, you know, was flexible on those matters. And then on the ones that our landlord was kind of really, uh, adamant to keep then we, you know, we, we also didn't have any issues with that. So that, that was good, you know? Um, and then, you know, we, we secure an option as well, just in case we wanted to extend it and as well as a renegotiation, which, um, yeah, we, then is when we are going to extend it for a longer, uh, a longer period of time. This specific location, I know you had mentioned that you really wanted it. Is it something that you, you found out about because you were driving by and you just noticed that it was abandoned or did you find out about it through one of your connections or how did it kind of come up on your radar? Um, the location came up on the radar because I was living in the area basically. So I, I saw that building every single day on my way to work, which we used to work out of my business partner's apartment. Uh, we had our office set there and, and all that stuff. Um, so every single day I used to pass by and in fact, uh, attended a dining to the previous business or the previous operator, it was called the Geisha House. So I, 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 you know, I knew about the building, I knew it was there, but, but when they, when you went vacant and start kind of becoming an abandoned place with homeless and stuff, it was crazy. It, it went empty for a long time, but the, no one will know who was the owner. No one will give you a phone number. It was not for lease. There was like, there was no info whatsoever. And you kind of needed to be a little bit of an insider to get the contact. So for us was, we talked about it and I showed it to my business partner and like uh, he knew about it also because he used to come where I used to live and, and we, we just liked it, you know, we liked it. And, and we, we, we used to just imagine, it's like, imagine if this was a place, this would be the perfect place. And, and then finally, you know, we, I don't know how it was. I think we were searching online and through some contacts and we got with, um, with a um, broker, someone that knew a restaurant like somewhere in Hollywood that was for lease. And then that person uh, showed us a place or actually the place that we were interested, we went to visit it, probably didn't work. And I believe in that conversation, I was asking like, what, what were we looking for? The guy was like, you know what? I might actually have someone that might be able to put you in contact with a building like that. I think I know. I was like, but I'm not sure. And I cannot tell what place it is. You need to sign this document. <laughs> it was like a non-disclosure. It was like super secrecy, whatever. And uh, we were like, yeah, for sure. And I like, I remember saying like, I think we got this. I think we found who owns the building. And that place, that day was like crazy. It was like, oh my God, it's like, it's the old Geisha house, stuff like that, you know? And yeah, and then exactly, you know, we signed the idea, we sent it back and they, they tell us the name. And then we were like, boom, we got it. <laughs> we're we're going to get that thing. So, so yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was interesting, you know? Yeah. For, for listeners who don't know, this escape hotel is actually one of the most prime locations in Los Angeles. So it's, it steps away from Hollywood and Highland, which is 
where the hub of tourist activity for for Hollywood and most of LA is um, and it's it's right on the corner so you know basically any any which way you're you're driving you're gonna see it any which way you're walking you're gonna see it it's it's very very visible and accessible so yeah props to you guys for for getting that space because it's it's a very prime location yeah thanks it's it really was I mean for us like we it's a corner building and for us believe it or not our brand kind of like this cape hotel the hotel idea uh it was really cool to be kind of like that it looks like its own building you know like it's the hotel is a building you know um so that one actually worked out pretty good we were looking funny enough now that you asked we were looking for um for another building in Cahuenga. i'm not sure if you're familiar with the la area but it was uh like half a block up uh northbound Cahuenga from hollywood and it's, mm -hmm. it was just like there's like an old uh, building that used to be a bank, I believe, or something like that. And then there's uh, a, like an alley. And then the following building is also a standalone building. We were looking onto that, uh, but it didn't really quite work out. Um, and this other venue was, of course, priority number one. But but yeah, that was that was a good one. So let's walk through the process after you guys signed the lease. So you said it, it took about nine months for you to kind of get everything going. Walk me through the process that you guys went through as far as permitting, construction, design. Would love to hear all of that. Wow, that was also, oh my God, that, that was, um, I think if you ask any one of us, I think that was like a nightmare uh, for us because it was so tedious, so time consuming, so delayed. It was crazy. I mean, um, I think when we secure uh, just the lease, so we came out of the lease after six months really exhausted. We were like, oh my God, thanks God. Now, now we have a lease. Now we're like signed. We have a place. Like, let's get them going, right? Like, we have the money. Like, it should be easy from now on, right? Uh, yeah, so it's like, that was really uh, <laughs> naive from us uh, because we, the first thing we did was like, okay, we need plans, we need to survey the place, we gotta like tear it apart. Uh, there's so many things, right? So the first thing was like, who can we find? What architect or what firm can we find that understands our idea and we come up with a design for it? So we start shopping around and then of course, budget constrictions, we couldn't like afford basically any of the top like architects or the cool architects or whatever, you know, that were gonna do something cool. So uh, we finally end up going with like a normal architect and, but also kind of opened up to the idea that we actually took over all the design and layout the structure. So it was very good actually for us to because we knew what the project needed. So basically we, we took care of that uh, design, interior, decoration, uh, where the areas were gonna be and stuff like that. So that was that was good. Um, so we hired the architect, we came out and locked a design and a, and a structure and a layout and the floor plans. Uh, and then we basically uh, try to go through the city, you know, and, and, and start um, uh, getting those plans approved. At the same time that we were trying to get our all the engineering uh, plans and all the quotes and bids for construction. So basically we're trying to do things kind of parallel and at the same time, uh, then some other of the partners also were working on the games at the same time and at everything that, we're, that was going to be needed, like, uh, you know, buying already decoration, like customizing these, that, uh, what are we gonna do for that? What's the equipment needed? You know, like co uh, vendors, contractors, like, camera systems, sound systems, all those kind of things. Um, uh, we were starting to already look at it, you know, uh, forecast, money, like how are we on these, how are we on that, you know, time frames. So those were uh, all kind of simultaneously, uh, it, was, it was craziness because at the same time, you you not only are trying to um, lag your designs and lag your final idea, but, but also realizing that sometimes along the way there are errors or there are things that need to be changed and addressed. And I think those like, you know, definitely took um, a fair amount of work and, and, and time and, and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, so let me go back to kind of the point what happened is once we actually had that initial uh, plan, like a set of plans, the city, uh, and again, this was an issue because the city did not know what escape rooms were, had no idea, like no one that had opened an escape room before went actually and did it officially. So we found ourselves basically hands tied trying to explain 
a bunch of very, very, um, how can I say, by the book people, people who don't think, people who just follow what the book says, trying to tell them what escape room was. So definitely that was really, really, really tedious to get all the permitting. In fact, we got delayed from our original like seven to nine month estimate to up to almost a year to 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 get to it. Uh, because the city didn't understand that, the city planning department called supervisors, the supervisors called the officials. The official needed to get a meeting on the city hall. It was so long. I mean, it really got delayed for a long time. But finally, we got clear, you know, kind of like, they only were concerned about safety, which of course we were at the time, but we needed to explain them how we were gonna treat that. So once we kind of uh, uh, got into a middle ground in which, you know, this is the Sony, this is this, this is the safety, this is the fire, like safety elements and stuff like that. Then we, everyone kind of was happy and then they let us kind of uh, go for it. So what we actually, actually, in fact, what we did is like, we, we pulled uh, preliminary permits for demolition because there was a lot of demolition to do from the previous restaurant. Uh, and then uh, while we were doing that, we were trying to get all these other things uh, sorted out. Um, and you know, a few months after uh, after that, um, some issues arise with access. It's an old building, so it's really, really old. So there were a lot of um, uh, up to code um, modernizations that the building needed, and that the city needed to, you know, was forcing us to comply with. So actually, we needed to like do a structure uh, structural uh, reinforcement for an uh, ADA handicap lift elevator, uh, like a bunch of things, you know uh safety fire safety alarm codes sprinklers like there were a bunch of things we needed to do so those also took a while and basically what we were trying to do is we were trying to finish uh the core work which was kind of plumbing electrical mechanical and walls and then as one side of the building was kind of like trying to get built up then we started the um building of the rooms and the props itself and the decoration so it you know um we were trying to do that um and then we were trying to have at least like one floor of the lobby ready uh ordering kind of the furniture ordering everything else testing equipment we were also testing our web store our database payment systems reservations i mean you name it it was it was uh, it was tedious and all of that was happening literally at the time that we were already supposed to almost be opening so um, um, that construction really got delayed and because it was delayed then uh, basically our, our whole like testing of the process uh, really uh, got delayed and then um, we were not able to actually have our, our trainings on time. So not, you know, it wasn't really up, up until like, I think it was like April, I believe March, April that we actually um um we're able to start uh searching for candidates and testing the systems in real life um and then by uh i believe it was june uh, by may we end up setting all our network systems and then by june we were doing the calls for hiring interviews and by you like up, no, actually, sorry, by June, we were doing the uh, trainings. So it was May when we were doing the trainings. And then July, we decided we were going to do uh, test runs with private events, like closed door events for media and for outlet, because at that time, we were also planning our advertisement campaign, our media, our videos, our banners. There was like a whole, this whole like campaign we did on Facebook, uh, on social media. Um, so we were running like big influencers, which at the time we, we met a guy who had really good connections and it's a really good friend of us, Eric. Um, so he ran our PR, uh, PR campaign, uh, super like crazy escape room fanatic. Um, so he brought a lot of really, really cool and influential people to play close door. And we were doing kind of like a one, one off type of a show for the guests. And it was really, really cool. It was almost like a theater play meets escape room. Um, so we run, we run several of those like for like two weeks straight every single day we were running like those events so that allowed not only us to get in place not only the games but also to understand also employees and us and protocols better um so then uh by the end of july july 19th we finally decided that you know after our pre-sale kind of like season was over like there was like 
a month or a few weeks of pre-sales, uh, we were going to open doors. And once we opened doors, then the madness started. You know, we we kept improving, seeing what was not working, and uh, up until today, basically. Were you guys ever scared during that process that maybe it wasn't going to work out? Like since the permits were taking so long and you guys are, you know, pushing your start date back more and more, were you guys ever nervous? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it was, we all were like, so, I mean, it was crazy. I mean, I, I've never, I usually come from film production. We handle stress really well. In fact, we never like, we always brag that like, there's no situation that was stressful. Well, let me tell you, this situation was really, really stressful. And it really got to us, like in terms of like all the work of all this time, all this money, it, it was almost like, yeah, I mean, you could see it like for something so small, you could lose it, you know? But uh, actually, once the time goes by, you actually look at, look at it and you're like, oh, all right, well, it wasn't so much, but it was tough. So it really was, um, we, we, yeah, we had concerts. I mean, honestly, we did. Uh, but the things kind of worked out uh, because finally, you know, uh, everyone understood. I think when people, officials, um, city people, landlord, and when everyone saw what that place was and what the whole operation was, I think everyone just understood at that point. And once they understood, they really were very, 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 very supportive. And they they really, um, they really didn't have a lot of questions after that. You know what I mean? Um, so it was like, it was, it was like a huge help basically to just open the doors and let the people see and experience it. Right. And it, it seems like you probably set a precedent, too, for, for anyone else in the area who might want to use a space that was traditionally like a restaurant or some, you know, something else like that for, for a completely different use. It seems like you probably set that precedent for city officials in Los Angeles to be a little more open minded. Yeah. And I think um, and this is kind of uh, a little bit of another topic, but we just went through our whole like uh, conditional use permit to sell liquor uh, liquor in our in our venue and to fully have finally uh, implemented back our food uh, onto a restaurant so um, we have uh, we have bring a kind of uh, fresh new set of opportunities and ideas to an area that 10 to 15 years ago opted for the nightclub slash dining restaurant fun atmosphere that it did not turn out good. Uh, we are offering them kind of a, a hope that places like us really do have a market and they really do well. Uh, and they're for all the family and they're much more fun. And I think they belong more to Hollywood to what those opportunistic kind of, um, I'm gonna do a restaurant, but then I'm gonna hide my nightclub operations under it, and let's see what happens, type of thing. Uh, so I think officials do see Escape as a um, as a flagship and kind of pioneering a different opportunity that Hollywood should actually seek. You know, Hollywood should welcome businesses like this. You know, and I think we try to we try to share that with the people. We try to share that we love you know a Hollywood that is kind of like pedestrian, like almost like a broadwalk, like with a trolley or like attractions. Hollywood Boulevard should be this amusement center, you know? It's, it shouldn't be what it is today, you know? Uh, it deserves to be the entertainment capital of the world's boulevard. And I think a lot of people, when it comes to visit, they kind of get bummed, you know, at, at the fact that, yeah, it's kind of cool, the Dolby's cool, the star's fine, but it needs more. It's not up to European standards or of entertainment, definitely, or, or like C. So I think that anything we could do in terms of businesses to definitely bring other businesses that are that are uh, similar or that are like, you know, just bringing something more to the table, I think any of that would be good. And I think officials did understand that very well from us because we 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 are so adamant into communicating that that's what we see. You know, we see these crazy good 1930s style Hollywood. You know. Um, uh, icon in there, you know. 
Yeah, it, it can be frustrating sometimes, especially since they often don't see the vision. I mean, they're they're coming at it from the perspective of they want to keep everyone safe. But a lot of times, you know, you have to kind of look outside the traditional boundaries of what they know to, to really foster growth. Because I, I agree with you, Hollywood Boulevard, I mean, a lot of people come to Hollywood and they they arrive at Hollywood and Highland and they see, oh, it's it's kind of run down. Like there's not that much, you know, it's, it's not the Hollywood that, that people think it's like this majestic big thing. But, you know, they're looking for those those movie moments. And, you know, I think it's cool that you guys all had a, a movie background and a cinematic background and you kind of implemented that into a, a real life experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think that um, it's really important. It's it's important to to let everyone know that there there's a different opportunity, you know, there's a different option out there. Right. So I want to switch direction just a little bit. Um, I know you started this with two other partners. How is it, you know, how was it then and how is it now running a business with, with two other people? Do you guys have different tasks that you specialize in? Do you all split it up evenly? How is that working out for you guys? Yeah, I mean, um, um, so there are, uh, there are a bunch of investors involved. Uh, we're like, one, two, three, four, five, six. We're seven total. Seven, something like that. Yeah, but really, the three creators are us, and the ones who run the whole kind of show is us, uh, uh, which we are so lucky and so grateful for it because our investors are the nicest people ever. They just like, we trust you. We don't ask questions. Just do your thing. Just make sure everything's good. <laughs> so that's great. Um, and my um, business partners. I mean, we. The story is that we know each other from a long time ago, almost 10 years now. So like nine years is gonna be easier. So it's it's a while. So we know each other. I mean, we hang out, we're friends. We, we, just, we just know, you know. So when you have that type of relationship with someone in terms of work and personally, um, that, you know, you just look at someone is like, ah, you know, I don't feel like it's gonna work out. So why, or I see this issue. You know, we can talk freely about issues that we see concerning um, escape, and I think uh, because we do share um, a very raw picture of what we think uh, for the business is good or is bad, or uh, also passionate and also from a different perspective, each of us, right? Uh, I think that that has that has helped a lot um, uh, the brand in terms of not committing mistakes that maybe just one owner could actually run into uh, because honestly I don't think there would be a escape hotel if there were less than three people here um, uh, because it's too large of a operation to pull off from one person two people is like it's way too large and involves way too many people too many hours so it's it all kind of funny enough is like universe the universe kind of like put it together that way so it, it really worked that way, and I think uh, um, we we soon realized when when we were creating this thing that at the time we needed to diversify tasks, and at the time we needed to do whatever needed to be done. So we were just having our meetings every day, like twice a day. Um, okay, this needs to be done. This has to be addressed. This department, that, that, that. But then slowly, as things progressed, and you know, I was probably spending more time at the architect's office and at the city explaining things. And my other business partner was spending more time at um, the games and the other one at the decor and like bringing the systems, you know, and the food options. And then we realized that, wow, this actually it's going to need us to be focused on different tasks and then um, sharing what we've been doing because it was like literally way too many things to do. So we, it took us a little bit of time. We all know how to do a little bit of everything, but it, we, we, you know, we end up, I think like six months into operations, we realized that, that, you know, um, specializing is important, uh, but the big team decisions, the big brand decisions, all of us need to be aware and all of us have to uh, put our input because that's how we have operate always. So we always have like our main creative kind of ideas and our goals and our objectives set together. And then we say, okay, now let's go to work. Now let's get to work now. Uh, so Jan, uh, in my case, I, I take a lot of the um, 
network IT operational um, financial um, agreement in terms of like vendors and stuff and employment payrolls all that stuff and then on the other side of uh, kitties that's a heavy heavy lifting of advertisement marketing social media handling uh, handling our third parties and the games uh, Ivan helps you know or like he's like focus also on uh, on the games, on research and development, implementing new cool features for Escape. Um, you know, so there's definitely um, a niche that each of us have found and that we kind of just tackle each of us, uh, even though we all share pretty much everything that needs to be happening or if a hand is needed somewhere, we all, we all are there um, to solve problems or whatever it is. So that's that's a little bit how how it kind of goes, and yeah, I mean nowadays it's it's good. I mean, it's the, um, you find yourself that the more the brand grows, the less time you probably spend together, um, and um, the more things like, for example, I oh I'm out of like two meetings today because I needed to process this in the city, and then I come back and then Kitty's out on another meeting, or she was out working on a game or picking up something, and you know, so it's it's. It's interesting that, you know, we've, we realize that the more you grow, the more difficult it is actually to catch up, you know? Yeah. Are, are the three of you involved heavily currently in the day-to-day operations or do you have a manager who kind of manages everything? No, we do. We, we are, we do handle our day-to-day operations. We had up to, uh, recently a person that we really were focusing on, maybe like nurturing, but we thought that actually, um, there was an opportunity that was like, created there because we we still nowadays are a little bit far from having the ideal location um, that we were envisioning, uh, especially because as I was telling you, we're prepping now the bar, the food, the gift shop. So ideally, once we have the full package, then we might be able to look for someone like that. But right now, we like to actually prepare everything ourselves because I think it's there's no one is no one else is going to have that vision. You know, you have to put that, you have to make it, you have to make the template right. If you don't have the template right, uh, doesn't matter what manager is going to come in. Um, they will just, you know, do the more automatic stuff, but they won't, they won't set the, the templates you want. They won't write the script for you, you know, um, of, of, of the story you want to tell. So I want to, switch gears just a, a little bit and ask uh you know since it's an escape room we have to talk about the stories and the themes and and everything kind of related to that how did you guys come up with each of the individual stories and are you is this the type of thing where you're always thinking about new stories that you could implement how does that work for you guys it's a little bit of both i think i mean uh the original set of games uh we all like talked about the cool stories or interesting stories we could we could uh we could come up with and also stories that are relatable relatable for someone that is here in in hollywood in los angeles or someone that is coming to visit us from denmark or someone that is you know just traveling uh, from australia so everyone has to be able also from someone that comes from a family with a kid to someone that is in a workout in so it's it's uh difficult to find a middle ground for everything and also easier because also we had many games you know so it's not we don't have to you know compress everything into two or or one game or whatever so um our creative process was was definitely you know just pitching ideas cool ideas classics you know we love the classics and also we thought about cool guests of the hotel you know like who you know like what could be like crazy stories that this hotel hosted type of thing you know um and also getting like uh weird expert like you know i remember the you know the zombie room right it was like these weird um um experiments that were happening there because there was this guy this scientist that wanted to you know had the like make slavery by you know like injecting this virus into like humans and make them slaves and then like the thing exploded and he died and now you you know to contaminate it and and stuff like that so there's like also like the creative process came from just pitching from things that we thought were cool things that we thought were relatable and, and they kind of transition uh once we were more in operations uh they transition onto two things they transition also from 
we slowly had studios, uh, movie studios, come over and ask if we could actually do the official skateboard of their movies. So that was also a whole different inspiration. You know, we were watching the movie, we were coming up with like cool things, recreating the movie, coming up with with the premises and all this, like all those things, and then actually putting it in 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 our venue, right? So that was also really really interesting. And then we finally also had a lot of. Uh, um, requests, you know, from customers that come on clay and like feedback. And a lot of the people are like really responsive and they really want to ask for a scary, certain type of a scary robes, you know? Um, so we, you know, like we tailor rooms for it, you know, we came out with like, uh, uh, the story for slaughterhouse, for example, or the story for attic, you know? Um, so, and, 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 you know, they come, you know, all the way from like social media to a studio from, you know, stories that we think that are crazy and funny uh, or things that are relatable, you know. So it, it all it all comes from different places. So how how is everything doing now? I know I know you mentioned that you're getting ready to put in a bar and a restaurant. So it sounds like you're expanding. Have you guys been able to maintain the same amount of interest now as when you first started? Um, that's a great question. I, I actually think uh, we, we got really, I mean, we got surprised because we not only sustained it, but we actually improved it. Uh, we were, we had less footprint and less interest when we opened than what we do have now. So I think because we constantly are working on the brand, we constantly are renewing things. We constantly come out. We just did last uh, Halloween a crazy cool uh, kind of unique game Halloween event a closer like just like a more expensive unique experience like we always try to come out with cool things and cool experiences new games new decor new lobby new facades new uh, bar food you know the the traction has implemented and the traction for the brand and, and, and for hey what is escape hotel doing or have they put out anything new you know so that we're doing on, on that matter we're really really satisfied we're, we're happy do you guys have plans to expand to any other cities at any point? Um, currently, there's um, there there ideas. Uh, I'm not gonna say no. There there are definitely ideas that we 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 have. Uh, we have considered several of them in the past and in the recent past as well. Uh, but there are maybe one or two that are shaping uh, better for the future. But uh, I'll say that maybe yeah maybe there are there are there are ideas for us to to expand although we want to make sure that our hollywood location is it's always going to be a priority right all right so i have a couple of hot seat questions that i want to ask you before we close out the podcast um so we really this is a podcast where we talk about hospitality we talk about restaurants experiences and hotels and accommodation. So one question I like to ask everyone is, what is your favorite restaurant in your city? In my, in LA? Yeah. Uh, boy, that's difficult because are we talking budget restaurant, food restaurant, like high end, or are we just talking like a taco truck on the street? I don't know. Uh, it can be whatever you want. So just anything that, that stands out and comes to mind is your favorite restaurant in LA. Um, a good, reliable place um, that comes to to my head is a restaurant called Bestia. It's in downtown LA, and I think it's it's great. Um, you can have great food and a great atmosphere. It's a little bit difficult to get a table, but I think it's it's fun, and their food is just delicious. It's really good. Um, so yeah, I like Bestia. But then I have like hidden spots on like K Town, like a little like dumpling place or like a Korean barbecue or like tacos on the street. So. A lot of options in LA, definitely. All right, cool. So then one of the other questions I want to ask you, since you work in the experience industry, what is your favorite experience that you have ever had? So it could be another escape room. It could be maybe an event. It could be a hotel. Just anything having to do with the hospitality industry, anything that stood out to you? Huh, that's a great question. Um, you caught me blank right now. Um, Okay, I. It's funny. It comes down. The first thing that comes to my mind is like we, for the first time, we've been so busy. We've never uh, done any company like uh, travel to visit any other like cities, but this last year we went to Nashville to Tennessee, and it was a work like conference for escape rooms, and we got to visit there. 
a bunch of local escape rooms, which were super fun and they were really, really cool. Uh, but also a bunch of restaurants that we loved. There was a restaurant I remember. So I think like altogether Nashville as a city has it really well put together. Like chapeau for them, hands down, because um, from the moment you land to the hotel, the way everything was put together, the restaurant, the people, these the most friendly experience, like they will treat you so good. Um, and then there, I remember going to a restaurant that was like absolutely mind blowing. It was like some sort of a fusion Italian restaurant. It was really cool. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll say like something, I think that that as an experience, it was like a seven day trip. It was, it was definitely a, an experience. It was really good. What was the name of the, the conference that you guys went to? Um, it was, uh, the escape room, honestly, I, I forgot. Uh, it was like some sort of like escape room conference for like, I had it in my computer. I could look at it. Um, but yeah, like out of the top of my head, I don't have it here. Yeah. Just a conference for escape rooms. Yeah. Um, it was, it was one of these like big uh, people from everywhere. They, they came and it was, it was fairly big and, and we, so and we, you know, we like, I think it was a great progress checker for us it was like okay we've done that no okay we've done that yes okay where are we at on these and actually it allowed us to have time for the partners to be together again in one place with no worries of our operations which i found like it's very good for creativity <laughs> and uh, actually put our juices in like creative juices together and a lot of the improvements that we're doing nowadays uh came thanks to that trip so it's it's pretty good Great. So the last question I have for you today is where can people find out more about you or and or escape room hotel or escape hotel? Uh, about escape hotel. Um, I think uh, the best way, um, the most active way uh, of talking to us is through social media. We are super active on it. We do all sorts of crazy videos, photos, pod, like not podcasts, but we do like um, uh, live coverage um, and stuff like that. And uh, hopefully at some point we'll be also doing some YouTube stuff. Uh, but, but yeah, social media I think is the best way of staying tuned in, uh, as well as our website, of course, uh, escapehotelhollywood.com. Um, so you can, you can follow us there. Okay, great. Well, Ian, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. This has been a great conversation. We've gotten a lot of really great information about what it means to start an escape room and more importantly, to start an escape hotel. Um, so this has been great. And I want to thank you so much. Uh, thank you to you guys. I really appreciate it. It was so much fun. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Eat and Stay Podcast. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast so we can keep bringing you these episodes week after week. If you have any comments, questions, or want to be interviewed on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to us via email at eatandstaypodcast at gmail.com or join our private Facebook group, Eat and Stay Podcast Listeners. We'll see you for next week's episode, but in the meantime, remember to eat and stay well.